So I want to revisit uh, something I said at the top of the show yesterday, and I, I admitted that I did think, I, I had thought, um, I used to think that some of Trump's, President Trump's anti-media rhetoric was overblown and, uh, and even dangerous, potentially. But the media's handling of Brett Kavanaugh uh, and that this whole story has been just so completely... Uh, terrible, that it's proven him right in, in every respect, about everything he said about the media has been proven right. Um, they really are an enemy of the people, to use a phrase that he's gone back to many times. And it's a phrase that um, the media gets very upset when he says that, but I, I, think, they've, I think they've proven it. They, they, they are so fully invested in their left-wing ideology. Um, they're so fully invested in you know, those convictions that they cannot be ethical or honest or objective, even if they even if they tried to be, I don't think they could be, and they don't try. They're not interested in trying. So, with the Kavanaugh scandal, the media has just completely abandoned any semblance of objectivity or integrity or anything else. This is not the first time they've done this. They've done this before. Uh, there are many examples. Let's just recall one other before we get to this one. Probably the most egregious example prior to this was Ferguson. Um, recall how the media in that case took the very first version of the story that they received and they, they repeated it. And this is a story given to them by, by the accomplice, by Mike Brown's friend who had just robbed, a, a, you know, helped in this strong arm robbery. And, um, was obviously trying to cover for himself, and that should have been obvious to any to any experienced journalist he, hearing the story of the friend uh, who's gotten in trouble with the police for one reason or another. You should think, well, let's this story might not be. Let, let's 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 back up before we repeat this story. Let's let's back up here for a minute. But they didn't do that. They took the story and they repeated it. Hands up, don't shoot, and so on and so forth. And they they kept repeating it as absolute fact even when it became clear, even when it was confirmed that the story was false, fabricated, made up. They still repeated it ad nauseum. There were people burning down buildings because of the, of the, the false narrative that they constructed, and they kept repeating it. So what's happening now? Um, well, now they are waging an all-out war, an explicit smear campaign against uh, Kavanaugh at the behest of the Democrat Party and for the purposes and no other purpose other than this, and that is to keep a, a an, an abortion opponent off of the court. And so that's what this is all about. Now, what what else can you call them but enemies? I mean, they're certainly enemies to the truth. Uh, they're enemies of, of decency. They lie, destroy, uh, distort. They sow discord. So what that, that's what enemies do. You know, that's what that's what an enemy of the American people, that's what an enemy of America would do. Right. That's what they that's what they try to do. They 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 bring destruction and uh, chaos, which is what the media does. Um, and I don't think now, listen. Because sometimes we, we can go too far in the direction when we talk about fake news and we say, well, it's all fake news, and everything they say is wrong, and, and they're just all the time just inventing stories out of thin air. And um, No, that, that's, that's not correct, okay? Uh, 
it's it's not you go pick up if you actually ever ever did decide to read the New York Times, you're not going to find cover to cover as it were uh, nothing but total mythology. That that's that's not how fake quote unquote fake news works. That's not generally how media bias works. Most of the time with media bias, you know, when you read a story, you hear a story in the news, most of the time you can be pretty sure that 85 to 95% of what they're saying is basically true. Uh, maybe even 100% is true. But most this is how it usually works with media bias. They're very selective in the stories they tell us and in the ways that they present those stories. Okay? That's usually how media bias works. Um, but on occasion, when they really feel compelled to it, when they have a very strong ideological interest, and also when they have a strong ratings interest as well, and when those things intersect, then it's game over. But but on on those occasions, they will they are willing to go with a completely made up story, not a story that they necessarily made up, but a story that was given to them that was that is that is very very likely fabricated. So hands up, don't shoot is one example of that, where they were willing to go with a fabricated, dangerous story and roll with it because of ideological reasons and because it was great for ratings. And now they're doing the same thing with Brett Kavanaugh, um, and especially with Julie Swetnick. So that's Exhibit A. Um, Monday night, MSNBC aired an interview with uh, with Julie Swetnick, the third Kavanaugh accuser. Swetnick's story is totally ridiculous, literally unbelievable in the sense that it cannot be believed. She claims that Kavanaugh and his friends were members of an organized rape gang that would systematically drug and brutalize women at parties that those women, including Swetnick herself, would continue attending despite knowing that they'd probably be raped. Okay, that's the story that she tells. Um, NBC News admitted they could not find a single person to corroborate her count. They could not find a single person to uh, substantiate anything she said. They could not find a single other eyewitness. There are no police reports. There are no nothing from this period of time when you've got these apparently uh, terrorist boys running around raping people left and right. Um, They also said that Swetnick's account had changed in the last week, what she told NBC News was not completely consistent with what she had said through her lawyer, Avenatti, uh, just only a week ago. Yet they chose to air, and this is, per- this is what I'm talking about, it's a perfect example of how the fake news things wor- thing works. N- nobody is, is claiming, at least not any rational person is claiming, that NBC News is the originator of Swetnick's story. No, Swetnick, who appears to be a bit of a nutcase, um, she, she came forward with this story and they said, let's go with it. Now, these people at NBC News, these are smart people. These aren't stupid people. They know what they're doing. So they're just like you and I. The first time they hear the story, they're just like you and I. They know that, okay, come on, really? Before you even get into a lack of corroborating evidence, lack of witnesses, so forth, uh, before you even get into that, they're going to have the same reaction any other normal person with a brain would, and they're going to say, really? Uh, But, and if this accusation came out against a liberal nominee for the Supreme Court or a liberal politician— they would absolutely spike that story, and for good reason. I mean, they'd be justified in doing so because it's completely unsubstantiated, and it is ridiculous on its face. But here they went with it. Um, Even though it is libelous, despicable propaganda, they reported it. They presented it as hard news. And so, yeah, um, fake news. Not only that, but, but as I mentioned yesterday, Swetnick... Uh, on NBC, 
was clearly regurgitating, blatantly regurgitating stories that she had heard herself in the media the previous week. So she, uh, you, you know, she used certain key phrases. She called Kavanaugh a quote sloppy drunk, a quote mean drunk. She said that he he pushed girls into walls and all this stuff. Those are those are stories, allegations, descriptions that the media had been churning out and uh, and uh, uh, reporting quote unquote over the last week. So she was taking those lines and those stories from the media and repeating it back to the media, and they were then repeating it as if it was new information. Um, meanwhile, the, the rest of the left-wing media have been digging into these accusations that Kavanaugh threw ice at somebody at a, at a party three decades ago. Originally, now this has changed a little bit. I think it was originally that he threw a beer on somebody and now then it was ice and then maybe it was a beer first and it became ice or an ice. And I don't know. Um, it's, it's all confused, but he, according to, uh, these people that are coming out through CNN and the left-wing media, Kavanaugh was drunk at some point in his college years and he threw something at somebody, okay? CNN openly questioned whether Kavanaugh's ice-throwing history should be disqualifying. That was a question that was asked by by a CNN anchor to, um, to Democratic Senator Hirono, who... Just as a side note, this Senator Hirono, who I never was never on my radar prior to all this, but uh, apparently she's we're talking about one of the biggest hacks and liars in all of American politics. And, and, and I didn't even really know about her. But now now she's kind of risen to the surface, um, much like pond scum. And anyway, she um, she that's that's a metaphor. I'm not saying she's pond scum. I'm just saying she's. In, in, in a way, behaved like pond scum, let's just say. Um, she was asked, is this disqualifying? And she said, well, this is why we need an FBI investigation. Okay, <laughs> This is why we need an FBI investigation, is to find out whether there was, uh, whether, whether ICE was thrown. Then consider Am- Allison Camerata on CNN. She, uh, someone came on, on CNN, a voice of reason came on CNN and said that, well, to talk about him throwing ice is, quote, a distraction. It's a degradation of the debate. Camerata said, this is what she said. She said, I disagree. I think it's part and parcel of the entire thing. I think that if you're known as a belligerent, mean, fighting drunk, that's relevant. I think that it's relevant to then a, a woman who says that you would corner her and put your hand over her mouth. Somehow that, that I think, makes more sense than if you were just a fun drunk who always fell right asleep. Okay, so... I think it is relevant. Now, first of all, I don't think a fun drunk is someone who falls asleep. That's a lame drunk. But put that to the side. Um, she, she is directly saying, she is actually saying that a guy throwing ice when he's drunk 30 years ago is an indication that he might be a serial rapist. That's what she's saying. Another sidebar for a moment. All of this hand-wringing over Kavanaugh's alleged aggression as a teenage boy, his supposed fights that he got into or whatever. It is all so stupid. In fact, I would be more suspicious of a guy who never got into fights as a teenager than a guy who did, because it's the most normal thing in the world. Most normal thing is for a guy, um, a, you know, men between the ages, certainly starting at around, well, 
I don't know. My my son is five years old. You should see. You should see now when his when his little cousin comes over and they just they just beat the hell out of each other. I mean, all in good fun. But um, as soon as they see each other, they're on top of each other. They're wrestling around. I they're doing whatever. That's what boys do. And um, that doesn't change. Like that's how it is. My son is in that age now. I mean, he, he was in that age essentially as soon as he came out. Like a day after he was born, he was he was that age. Um, and that's how it remains for like, I mean, into your, well, I mean, into your twenties, that, that's how it is. Um, so that, that's normal. And it, it's, it, it, it's, especially as a teenager, all it indicates is that there is a presence of testosterone in this person, which again is normal. I mean, when I was a kid, uh, I mean, I can think of so many examples. I once, I, I punched my friend in the head when I was a kid because he fouled me during a pickup basketball game, and then he wouldn't admit that he fouled me. And because uh, and, I look, I was that guy in pickup basketball. Every time I went for a shot, I would sh- I would say and one because I got fouled all the time. All right, I mean, I was taller than some of the other kids I played with, so they thought they had to foul me. Um, so, but you know, and I would always demand right, like if I'm fouled, and then of course he claimed that he didn't foul me. He did. So what I do, I punched him in the head. All right, look. Um, and then he punched me back. And uh, and I don't know, I was 15 years old. 30 minutes later, we were fine. 30 minutes later, we were we were hanging out. It was fine. We were laughing about it. I mean, this stuff happened all the time. It's normal. Uh, boys are aggressive, physical. This is what they do. So what? We we would uh, we would almost come to blows over over video games. It's a big one. Uh, over discussions like whether DC or Marvel is the best, we would play these. We would play these pickup football games, and the only reason we played them was it was really just an excuse to let out our aggression. You know, a kid got his, two of his teeth knocked out one time. Um, there, there was another time where you know I, a guy was tackled, and then I jumped on the dog pile after he'd already been tackled, which I think is fair in pickup football. I mean, you, of course you jump on the dog pile, right? Yeah, he was already down, but we don't have refs. So he was mad about that. Um, the next time I had the ball, he came, and I was going out of bounds. He came and tackled me anyway out of bounds, and I fell into a bush, and I thought I broke my arm. And so we got into a scuffle, and then again, 30 minutes later, we're fine, right? This is just what boys do. Um, I'm not saying, of course, that any of that makes sexual assault okay. I'm just saying that none of that can be considered evidence that a guy is a sexual assaulter because it is so completely normal and I would say even healthy. I'll put it to you this way. A boy is going to get his aggression out one way or another, and it's better to get it out by scuffling over pickup basketball games than to get it out through some other means. Like, I don't know, like a a school shooting, for instance. I mean, um, boys have this aggression and this sort of violence in them and that's one of the reasons why it's now I'm getting so sidetracked here, but it's just important to me. It's one of the reasons why we have why it's important to get kids into sports and football and basketball and all, whatever, um, even soccer if you have to. No, not soccer, but any other sport. One of the reasons we do that is is because they have this aggression, this sort of violence in them, and let's channel it through some in some healthy and competitive way, and a fun way. And that's why it's so intensely unfair to dig up this kind of stuff from a guy's teenage years. You you have no idea what it's like 
to have that raging testosterone going on unless you're a guy, in which case you do know what it's like. So stop acting shocked when you find out that Kavanaugh was a lot like you were at that age. And I'm not talking about the sexual assault. I'm saying I don't think the sexual assault happened. I'm saying all this other stuff is not an indicator of sexual assault for the reasons that I'm describing. So leaving the sexual assault with the that's uncorroborated, unsubstantiated, talk about the things that that are arguably substantiated where there's some kind of witnesses or whatever. And all we have there is just he drank, and he was, and he could be aggressive. Like that's, that's the only thing potentially that there's, that there's corroboration for. And so what? So he's exactly like every other boy. And, and you know what? If Kavanaugh went to more parties than you did, you might say, well, look, I wasn't going, you know, when I was a 15 year old boy, I wasn't going to, to parties and stuff like that. Well, you know why? It's probably only because you weren't invited to them or your parents wouldn't let you go, but you would have gone. I mean, let's be honest. Um, uh, you would have gone. But you did do stupid, aggressive things. Don't say you didn't. You did. And that doesn't make you a rapist, and it doesn't make Kavanaugh a rapist. And it's just, it is so unfair. And the the people that are doing it, they must know how unfair it is. I mean, maybe it's possible if you've got some, maybe with some women, if they've never been around guys that much, and they have a really oblivious sense of what guys are like and if they're not a mother and they didn't have brothers like maybe there could be some women who are really actually surprised and shocked and scandalized to find out that Cav- you know Kavanaugh made dirty jokes in his yearbook and uh, got into a fight at a bar like maybe there's some women you know because that's just not how they were but uh, any guy any guy no guy who is honest could say that they're surprised by that um but all of the Kavanaugh coverage has been in this vein. Um, the left-wing news channels and newspapers, they're acting as hitmen for the Democrat Party. They're digging up even the most irrelevant accusations and rumors, and they're reporting them as fact. All of this stuff is just prejudicial. There's, there's a reason why, okay? There's a reason why, and I know we're not in a court of law, but ideally, if we're, if we're going for what's ideal, what's fair, The court of public opinion should adopt some of the principles that you find in a court of law. And I'll tell you one of them. One of those principles, innocent until proven guilty should be one. The other one is you cannot allow um, prejudicial and irrelevant evidence into the discussion. So if this was in a court of law, if, if, if Brett Kavanaugh was being tried on charges of rape, which he's not and never will be because there's no evidence and there's no basis for it. But if he were, there's no way his lawyers are going to let the lawyer and the judge, there's no way the judge, if it's a halfway competent judge, the judge in that trial would never let this story about ice being thrown into the, into the courtroom. Probably wouldn't let the stuff in the yearbook either because it's not relevant. It doesn't prove anything. And all it does is it just prejudices the jury. It, 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 it paints a, a picture with irrelevant details and it exploits the naivete and the gullibility and the obliviousness of the jury. So that if there is anyone on the jury stupid enough to say to themselves, like Alison Camerata, if Alison Camerata was on the jury and she would say, well, he threw ice, maybe he's a rapist. Like, 
the court courtrooms know that there are people that dumb out there in the world, and that's why they would never let that into the courtroom. Pro the prosecutor would love to put it in, but um, defense attorney judge would never allow it for this reason. Um, and you know the wor the worst thing of all, I think, is that is that the media believes that they somehow have the right to behave this way and yet to remain free from criticism while they behave this way. They chalk it all up to, um, uh, you know, they, any attack against them, they say, is an attack on the First Amendment. But they are the ones undermining the First Amendment by using it as a cover so that they can lie and slander. They're the ones undermining the First Amendment by abusing it like this. And they say that all this anti-media sentiment is in the country is just the result of President Trump. No, the anti-media sentiment is the result of their own behavior. People detest them because they behave detestably. It's funny how that works. People have contempt for contemptible behavior. And the media has been nothing if not contemptible throughout this whole Kavanaugh saga. Thanks for listening, everybody. Godspeed.